Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and once again, I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. The Yankee season is officially over now, and the reason is quite simple. The Houston Astros are simply a flat-out better baseball team. But the good news is this. You can now focus on two pleasant surprises, the Giants and the Jets. So, like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. So, here we are. First things first. Of course, we're talking about the Yankees, because I'm recording this. I was going to wait to do it in the morning, but the game ended about a half hour ago, and I said, you know what? I want to record this now while the raw feeling is fresh in my mind. And, um, you know, I don't know if some of you might remember that. Remember the commercials from years ago? It might have been in the 80s and 90s. An old lady falls like a medical alert system, and it's like, help, I've fallen, and I can't get up. Well, yes, indeed, the Yankees have fallen, and right now they can't get up. How they manage to get themselves up in the future, that remains to be seen. But as I said in my open, the Houston Astros are just a flat-out better team. And it's not its not just, you know, that they have better players. Because you, did you hear what I said? They're a better team. And the reason I say that the Houston Astros are a better team, they play a better brand of baseball. They do all the little things. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But they do all the little things. Little things that the Yankees don't do. Or if the Yankees do them, they do them quite, let's, let's just say, infrequent, okay? They, they don't do it on a regular basis. And, I, you know, you've heard me say it till I'm blue in the face. Small ball, small ball, small ball. The Yankees, in f- four games in this series, four games, they struck out 50 times. 50 times. 17 in game one, 13 in game two, 11 in game three, and nine in the the clincher for the Astros. That's 50 strikeouts. You know what? The, The more this ALCS was going on, the more I'm saying to myself, it's kind of, you, you know, you heard, you hear stories even when you were a kid. How do you, how do you deal with a bully? And I don't care if it's, if it's in the street, if it's in the office. You punch a bully in the nose. You punch a bully in the nose, and I, you know, it could be, you can do it physically in the street, you can do it figuratively. 
Because when you stand up to a bully, the bully usually, his knees buckle, her knees buckle. They soil their underwear. Because that's why they're bullies. You know, it, it, it's bravado. And the Yankees, the entire first half of the season, I'm not saying they were bullies in a mean-spirited way. So d- don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm just using it as an example. What I mean by that they were bullies, they were beating up on any and everybody in baseball. I mean, the first half of the season, first 81 games, they were 58 and 23. 58 and 23. They were marching through baseball like Sherman marched through the South. But then a funny thing, you know, and it was going on before they hit 41 and 40 for the second half. And it looked as though they might actually, after having a 15 and a half game lead, they might actually blow the division. But it proved to be just too much. So they were able to hold on to that. And quite frankly, the main reason that they were able to hold on to that was because of the tremendous effort by one uh, Aaron Judge, which we'll get into that shortly. But when you, you look at the Yankee season, think about it, 58 and 23, I mean, they're rocking and rolling. They were talking about this Yankee team, which, folks, you've heard me here say it, Go back. You can go back to podcasts. We're in October. Go back to to my podcast in July, and you'll hear me say, you know, the Yankees look like a lock, but this, you know, and the, the, the trading deadline. Everybody was saying the Yankees got to do this. Yankees got to do that. And I kept warning everybody. You don't win. You know, you don't win titles. In July, in June. Okay? Yankees were just rocking and rolling, you know, using the heavy lumber, but um, I kept hearing these things. They might be the winningest team. We're going to compare them to the 98 Yankees and maybe the 61 Yankees and the 27 Yankees and the, the, the winning. Do me a favor. You don't mention, and I said this back then, when they were doing all the winning, you don't mention this Yankee team, this 2002 team, in the same breath as those other teams. Not in the same breath. But everybody got all excited. And I'm going to tell you something else. A lot of the criticism that you're going to hear in the days to come, and while tons of people in the media are going to you know say the Yankees need to do this, the Yankees need to do that. These were the, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them were the same people that were anointing this Yankee team as, oh my God, the greatest show on earth. They were the ones making the comparisons. I, you know, pe- people always need stories and angles to write about, but I really thought it was foolish. Not in the same league as those other teams. And, you know, 
I, I heard Aaron Boone say, you know, and, and listen, in fairness to Booney, he was pretty disheartened. You can tell it took its toll on him. I ex- I expect him to be disheartened about it and downtrodden. But there he was being a man facing the media afterwards. And he was talking about the team has some of the right ingredients. I do think the team has some of the right ingredients, but as an organization, how they play the game of baseball must be reevaluated. See, it's real easy, and I know a lot of people are going to put the heat on Boone, and some of it should be on his shoulders. He's the skipper. And some will put the heat on Cashman, and some should put the heat on, on uh, and that's fair enough too because he helps assemble everything. But as an entire organization, the brass, the big brass, the men upstairs need to say, okay, fellas, how can this be fixed? Do we need to reevaluate how we want to go about playing baseball? And do me a favor, folks, I will say this time and time again. You can take analytics and stick them where the sun don't shine, period. I'm so sick and tired of analytics. Yeah, there is a place for analytics, but it shouldn't guide you. It shouldn't be your conscience. You know what analytics has done for the Yankees? It's put them in this position. Yeah, they missed guys. They they missed uh, Benetend. They, they they missed Le, uh, uh, DJ Lemayu. Yeah, they they did. But you're using that as an excuse now because all you hear all season long, we're concerned about exit velo this and exit velo that and launch angles this and launch angles that. I'm sorry. I've been covering baseball for a long time and watching it for an even longer time. Exit this. To me, it's stupid. I really do. I believe it's stupid. And the reason I think it's stupid, just look at the Yankees. The Houston Astros don't play that way. You can look at analytics and say, okay, this makes sense and this makes sense. But then you have to look, again, you've heard me say it time and time again. You look into a guy's eyes. You go with your gut feeling. You, you, you take a walk out to the mound and say, okay, do me a favor. I don't give a rat's ass about the analytics, Joe Schmo. Tell me, do you got enough? Do you got enough cojones to get this guy out here? Or if you don't, then I'll make the change. But tell me, look me in the eye and tell me, not the analytics say this and blah, 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 because you're a lefty and a righty, but a beep, but a bop, but a boop, and I need the slider and the cutter and the four-seamer and the two-seamer. What? what? Baseball players are just that. They're baseball players. They're not robots. And if I sound like an old fuddy-duddy, you want to call me an old fart, so be it. But I grew up on the guys like Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle and people like that. 
and the Colfaxes and the Bob Gibsons and the Don Drysdales and the Juan Marichals and the Whitey Fords and the Yogi Berras. Give me a break. You play baseball. You play baseball. It's not a computer. Baseball players are not computers. And if you treat them as computers, it can come back and bite you on the ass. And that's just what happened to the Yankees. Because they played a certain style of baseball for a good part of the season. And how many times did you hear me say, I, again, there's nothing wrong. Nobody loves seeing home runs more than I do. Okay? Nobody. They're big. They're boomers. They're sexy. Everybody likes them. I, I get it. But I will say it again. What do you do when you're not connecting, when you're not hitting those bombs? What do you do when you're in the postseason? From the beginning of this season to, to where we are right now, I'll say it over and over and over again ad nauseum. When you get to the postseason, you win with pitching and the ability to scratch out runs. That's what you do. And if you can't do that, if you can't play that style of baseball, you're going to be where the Yankees are right now, on the outside looking in. Now, I feel terrible. I feel terrible for Aaron Judge. The guy's a... Not only is he a terrific baseball player, he's the most valuable player in the American League this season, and and second ain't close. So I'm not even going to get into that. But he was horrific in the postseason. Just horrific. He was 1-for-16 in the ALCS. He didn't have any runs batted in. He had one walk, I think struck out four times. He, he was awful. And I don't know if it made sense after the fantastic, spectacular year that he gave us with his 62 bombs and, and his 131 runs batted in, that, that he should be the guy to make the final out. It was almost an exclamation mark on a postseason for Aaron that really sucked. It just, you know, and, and there were things, even even the other day when they had Rizzo batting leadoff, I, I mean, they were grasping at straws because they were trying to, for lack of a better term, they were trying to make, Aaron Boone was trying to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. It just wasn't working. It wasn't working. Because all of a sudden, you can't change what you've been doing all season long. And all season long, they were just flexing their muscles, hitting those home runs. I mean, you had Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter was injured however long he missed, a couple of months. 
you're grasping at straws trying to get something out of him in the postseason. You can see he wasn't in shape to be playing. Harrison Bader, tremendous. Didn't know a whole lot about him. I knew, you know, I heard that he was a terrific outfielder. Um, I'm not expecting him to be a slugger in the future, but man, he had five, five postseason home runs. Okay, uh, guy could play center field. He can run. He he he. He's a baseball player. I like that. You know, I, I like a lot of the kids. But what's going to be with Aaron Judge? I don't know, folks. I just don't know. Do the Yankees want to sign him? Of course they do. He's coming off uh, most valuable player in the league season. Unfortunately, the postseason was a disaster. But he wasn't the only one uh, it was a a disaster for. It was a disaster for just about everybody. You know, everybody was all excited. You were coming home uh, at the Yankee Stadium with um, Garrett Cole and Nesta Cortez. Didn't work out. That's the way it is. And and people are gonna go over every little play that happened. Every little every. You, for example, when uh, in Game Three, when Cole was taken out after he loaded the bases, and there was a big discussion: should he have not been? Well, you got to go with your ace. This, I'm sorry. Garrett Cole loaded the bases. He wasn't as sharp as he was in prior performances. And it also brings me, you know, to other incidents when, when people nickel and dime. After that era in game three, when um, Aaron Judge and Harrison Bader almost collided and Bader dropped the ball, which would have been the third out of the inning, next guy hits a home run. Well, you know what? Right then and there, to me, the game was over. Right then and there, to me, the game was over. And and I'm, I don't mean to be picking on Garrett Cole, but I say this about a lot of pitches, and I've been saying it for as long as I've been watching baseball. That, that's the thing about the ERA earn run average that bugs me. You know, a guy makes an error, and then three runs score subsequently, and they're unearned runs. And I say bullcrap to that. You know, there are times when... The fielders cover the the pitcher's ass, making great plays. So sometimes the pitcher has to cover the fielder's ass when they don't make great plays. And Garrett Cole didn't do that, served up the home run. So th- th- people can nickel and dime, well, Aaron Boone should have used this guy this way and they should have used that guy that way. And don't get me wrong, Aaron Aaron Boone doesn't escape here. There are certain flaws. But I want to know who's at fault for the flaws. Is it all on, on um, did I say Aaron, uh, on Aaron Boone? Is it all on Aaron Boone? Or is it on Cashman? Or is it an organizational thing? A belief that this is the way we do things. We are analytically crazy. We're analytically nuts. 
we think this is only the right way to do it. Because if baseball, if the Yankees think like that, it's going to bite them on the ass time and time again. Baseball players are not robots. The Yankees are not robots. But because they play the game that way to a great part with their launch angles and velocity and, oh, it's so big and great and sexy when we hit all these home runs. That's why they are where they are now. They just walk the plank. And we kept hearing all this crap about the Astros cheating and back then and the Yankees going looking for revenge. And you heard me say this on previous podcasts, previous get a load of this is, you worry about revenge, it comes back and bites you on the ass. You trip over yourselves. There's no revenge here. And if the Yankees, I heard Aaron Boone say, you know, we have to, you know, we have to fix things to compete with them. Well, if you want to start, reevaluate Aaron, re- as long as you're still back here, because I don't even know what's going to happen. Because the one thing that, that does suck, and this happens a lot, who's a scapegoat? Who's a scapegoat? I saw it happen to Joe Girardi, subsequently replaced by Aaron Boone, so I don't know. But if the Yankees want to get better, the brass, the big people, need to sit down, the people who run the organization need to sit down and sit down with the GM, sit down with the manager and say, okay, how is this done? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And if you're going to tell me that it's analytics, I'm going to tell you, well, where did analytics get get us this season? Because we're all miserable right now. We're all miserable. And while everybody is miserable, now you got another thing, uh, Yankee fans, to think about. Is Aaron Judge going to be back? If you ask me, gun to my head, I think it's 50-50 at best. 50-50 at best. And everybody was saying, see, two months ago, everybody was saying, the fans will absolutely kill the Yankees if they let Aaron Judge go. And and don't get me wrong. I've said this. I did this podcast a long time ago when all this discussion came about and I said it look I'm a capitalist just like anybody else but Aaron Judge if Aaron Judge should leave for what he feels is the best offer or or the highest payday God bless Aaron Judge he earned the right to be a free agent he gambled on himself And he won. And if the Yankees decide to pay him, that's great. And if the Yankees decide, well, whatever the number is, is enough, is enough, is enough, it doesn't make the Yankees bad people and it doesn't make them cheap. It We're, we're dealing in multi-millions of dollars. So... It's a business decision, not a small business decision, a major business decision. I just don't know what's going to happen. And 
I think what the Yankees have to do, they better have a plan B in their collective heads. Because if they decide if it's not going to happen with Aaron Judge, they got to know what direction they're going in. How do we fix this? Who do we sign? Who do we put up? Who, who from the minors? I mean, is Peraza going to be our everyday shortstop? Who's going to be on third? Is Anthony Volpe going to be the second baseman? Where are we going? What style of baseball are we going to play? That, to me, what style of baseball are we going to play needs to be addressed immediately. In, in their postmortem, that's what needs to be addressed immediately. Okay? So while it's fresh in their minds and, and the wounds are open from what just happened, message to the Yankees, go start figuring it out right now. Now, as I said in the open, on the other hand, there's two pleasant things for particular local fans to be thinking about. In football business, it's the Giants and the Jets. The Giants are 6-1. and one. The Jets are five and two. The Giants at home are three and one. They're three and oh on the road. The Jets are one and two at home. They're four and oh on the road. Giants were winners yesterday down in Jacksonville. Jets were winners out in uh, Denver. Nobody expected this. I mean, for crying out loud, the Giants are six and one. They had four wins all last season. And, and I, I think I said this to you last week uh, because obviously I'm closer to the Giants situation because I'm there every day or just about every day. I do the call-in show, Big Blue Kickoff Live, on the Giants website every Wednesday. So um, the one thing that I can tell you emphatically, and that to me is almost a, it's almost a little comparison now, the Yankees are much further along, if you're going to understand what I'm going to say, the Yankees are much f- further along in their progress as a top team in baseball than the Giants are in football. But here's the thing. The Giants are not fooling themselves, and I think the Yankees were fooling themselves because the Yankees and their fans and a lot of the media because but I'm telling you this, the media was kissing their behinds. They're, they're this team, they're that team. They were fooling themselves that they were this good, that great. And I can tell you at 6-1, and one, Giants head coach Brian Dable and, and GM Joe Shane, they know there's tons of work that needs to be done. Tons of work that needs to be done. They're a long way from where they need to be. Yes, yeah, six and one is just fantastic. There's only one undefeated team in the league. That's the six and zero oh Eagles who were off this past week. So, you know, it just happens to be in also the uh, Giants division. But I can use that comparison because I think the Yankees got caught up with believing all the headlines believing that they were this monster of a team that couldn't be touched, that were 
on the verge of royalty, of, of being the winning, winningest team in Yankees history. All that blah, blah, blah kept going over and over and over again. And where did it get them? And I think that is what's that attitude or the opposite attitude is, is going to is what's going to help the Giants moving forward because I do believe that Dable knows. And that's not something he told me. I'm just telling the way he goes about his business. They know. Yeah, it's great when you win and you're six and one. It's a lot easier to coach a team and, and you know, point out mistakes. And yeah, we we're six and one, but we can still do, do this better. Uh, it's a lot easier to get through to your troops. A lot easier. But they're a long way from a finished product. Fortunately for the Giants, though, their season is still going on, as is the Jets, while the Yankees came crashing down up in the Bronx. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's Get a Load of This. Now I like to be getting a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can do so on Twitter at Russ Salzburg. You can do it on Facebook. You can always check out my website at russsalzburg.com. Big time thank you to my home here at Believe.com. As I've said many times before, Believe is the number one podcast network for professionals. And again, folks, a reminder, a reminder, please, If you haven't done so already and tell your friends and family and whatever to do so, go ahead and download the Yes app. Because if you download the Yes app, then you'll be able to see yours truly, Russ Salzberg, on his Get a Load of This podcast video version every week on the Yes Network. I'm just thrilled to be part of the Yes family as I am to be thrilled to be part of the Believe.com family. So until next time, of course, I got to thank all you people out there because without you people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying to each and every one of you, bye-bye, so long, and farewell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.